First of all, I want to have a discussion with uh, Stephen Buffalo. Um, Stephen is president of the Indian Resource Council, and he's um, part of a... A movement, I think, and, and we've talked about it before here on the air, in fact, getting more Indigenous communities involved in oil and gas projects, especially in our part of the world. So uh, let's check in with Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Uh, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me today, Shane. It's an interesting discussion, one we've had before. I think there's a perception out there, right, that um, uh, you know, uh, Indigenous communities, by and large, are opposed to oil and gas development, and that's not necessarily true. And In fact, you're saying it's important that they get more involved, right? Absolutely. You know, it's uh, definitely uh, our communities, for sure, in this part of the country have benefited from the oil and gas sector. You know, we've invested millions of dollars to be part of the services, you know, and, and owners to to a point. And, and definitely, uh, we, we sure benefited from it uh, in, in a lot of cases. Um, when you take a look at it, um, why did you decide it's time to step up and sort of form an official movement that can uh, sort of spearhead this and get it moving? Why did you think this was the time? Well, actually, you know, this organization has been around since about 1983, and, and it's been advocating for the communities that had oil and gas and, and possible possible production yeah. opportunities. Uh, but, but ultimately, you know, as things progress and, and we see billions of dollars being made in our traditional ter- territories, not in all, not on our community lands, as, as we know, the reserve boundaries and everything like that, but just off, you know, there's billions of dollars being made. In, and then we were figuring out, well, hey, they're sending that money to Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, you know what, and a little bit of that portion of that money goes towards the Indian Act. And under the Indian Act, each nation in Canada receives a contribution funding agreement, which funds social services, the administration, education, and, and possible infrastructure. And, and, and uh, you know, it's just not enough. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's very important that, you know, with all the activity going in and around the communities, that they take partake in it. And, and you know, it, it's, you fast forward to where we are now. This Alberta government has stepped forward with the Alberta Indigenous Opportunities Corporation. You know, I want to thank our premier for that. Thank the minister Rick Wilson, uh, Indigenous Relations, for for the opportunity, and and you know the 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 opportunities that has uh, allowed 160 million. Yeah. Right now to be uh, to be supporting some uh, government backed uh, initiatives for the First Nations to be part of a big project, and that's that's. That's progress. It is. It absolutely is. And this is the kind of project that you're focused on. Obviously, you know, government has been involved. So where do you see this going? What's the focus? What are you, what are you keeping an eye on? Well, you know, uh, a lot of us do not appreciate the, the, the contribution funding agreement. And I'll just call it soft communism. You know, the government, federal government gives you money, and, and they, they tell you how to spend it. And if you take a portion of that and put it to the other side, say, for a housing initiative, You've now misappropriated, and all of a sudden you're in trouble and stuff like that. It, it's just not good. It's a system that doesn't work. And, and the more we oppose what's happening in and around our provinces here in Western Canada in regards to the natural resource sector, it keeps us stuck in, in that paradigm of, of being controlled by the government. You know, if we can start making our own money and, and you know, facilitating our own programs, and doing the right things for our communities, that's that's a positive thing. You know, it, it spurs on not only jobs, but entrepreneurship and, and you know, capacity yeah. building with our younger people to, to achieve those uh, designations to be in those particular sectors. So how do you anticipate this going? Like you say, it's been around for a long time. Uh, do you see more people getting on board? Is it a growing movement? Are more communities starting to recognize that this is something that um, they'd like to be a part of? 
Well, you know, uh, government dependency is, is one thing, and we've seen it kind of increase probably since 2015. And yes, it's it's very important. I think I see you see the positive trends yeah. moving forward. And, and, you know, away from some of our communities that do are participating with the casino gaming and all that, you know, the, the natural resource sector is a, a place to do it. And, and it, it also provides job training. And the big thing that's happening now that we're seeing is, is a reclamation. You know, with the federal program that was announced of $1.7 billion, you know, we were able to negotiate with our, our lovely premier, <laughs> my good friend Jason Kenney, $100 million for First Nations to address the abandoned well program, uh, abandoned well issues on the First Nation lands. And as of today, we've deployed $90 million in, in uh, well site pipelines and facilities. You know, and, and not mm-hmm. only that, on top of that, you're seeing a lot of the young people take the job training and get hired immediately, you know, to, to participate in this. And it's, you know, it's cleaning the earth. It, our communities aren't getting any bigger. So we have to do this work in order to accommodate possible future housing programs, housing development, and, and commercial development and things like that. You know, just got to make sure that the land's safe. Uh, but but going forward, definitely, uh, you know, to, to alleviate ourselves from the paradigm of the Indian Act. You know, I think it's a very positive step. You know, the, this going this way still forces the nations to keep the pressure on that the that they uh, recognize and acknowledge our treaty, our treaty rights that we have. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you, Stephen. You mentioned Minister Wilson, so we've got some provincial buy-in. They're involved, and uh, you're saying they're helping you and, and working with you. What about other levels of government? And, and like you say, a lot of this comes down to the federal regulations and the federal rules and all the different legislation that comes at the federal level. What kind of response are you hearing from them? Well, you know, they, they've heard about the, the Alberta Indigenous Opportunities Corporation for sure. And, and you know, it, it, it's a slow moving. You know, obviously our federal government of the day, you know, is trying to force everyone to this just transition into this green space. And, and all of a sudden we have to take this humongous leap from oil and gas development right to solar panels and wind turbines and, and gas uh, battery powered cars. And, and there's a lot of steps that we missed in the middle there. You know, there's hydrogen. You know, there's carbon capture, you know, uh, there's a lot of different, uh, and then, you know, utilizing the natural gas, you know, uh, and then uh, hopefully getting into some LNG, you know, the world needs energy in all forms. And and when it's in or on our traditional territories, you know, if we can export some of this, uh, our natural resources to different markets, which we're seeing we need to do now, Mm -hmm. you know, with what's happening, it's, it's our time that First Nations take our place in it. You know, this is this is the land that we we uh, come to want to keep and protect, and, and we we claim as our traditional territories, and it, it's just you know a way to to keep moving forward. But you know, the the government of the day is you know they've implemented a lot of uh, policy that's you know Bill C sixty nine, you know the pipeline killer, uh, Bill C forty eight, you know the tanker ban on the west coast. West coast. I don't know. I don't understand why it's not on the east coast as well as we import foreign oil. <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's kind of uh, crazy, but at, at, at the end of the day, the opportunity is still there. And, and uh, how do we work with this government to to keep acknowledging we even here in Canada, you know, Eastern Canada, they, they need our our oil, they need our oil and our natural gas. Well, the whole world and, does, Stephen. The whole yeah. world does. <laughs> and and you know, it, it's 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 really disheartening when you hear the premier and, and the party leader of the uh, Quebec. Uh, say that they you know they don't want 
our resources. <laughs> no, I know. You know but, uh, until they do. Money. They'll take our money for sure. <laughs> yeah. Stephen, I, I got to run, but I appreciate your time very much. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. That's Stephen Buffalo, who is president of the Indian Resource Council.